0: Yeah, Welcome to another episode of Get Paid, your one-stop shop for all things fantasy, gambling, and daily fantasy. We are proud partners of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. You can also find us on Podcast One. You are listening to Sean Ryan and my man Brad. Brad, was going on, my dude? Howdy ho, Sean. How are you? I'm well, man. So you went up to – you took the Wolf of Tarpon Springs. You and he went up to – I heard took a big road trip to Alabama, which is like 10 hours, (laughs) and and saw Mumford and Sons. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, we saw Mumford and Sons. It was uh, incredible. We got a little loose up there yeah, all right, and uh, all right. changed the culture. <laughs> very good. that trend, Sean?
0: Yeah, man. Hey, you got to be on top of it. If you're not on top of it, you're underneath it, which I guess can be okay too. Yeah, good call. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so uh, quickly uh, before a little housekeeping stuff, uh, just remind everybody I am, uh, if you're following me on Twitter, you know, I have some, I don't know, worthwhile stuff to say, as worthwhile as any of the other 8 billion people on this planet or whatever the number is these days. But if you want to follow me, I am at TFS underscore Sean. That's S -S 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 E A N. If you could also, if you're listening to this show, if you could give us a like, leave us a comment, that always helps us out. And then one other thing, too, is I got my Instagram deactivated. I don't know how I did that. But uh, but I basically, I restarted another one. So if you can follow me on Instagram, if you're an Instagram user, I actually post a lot of stuff up there. And uh, once again, I'm at TFS underscore Sean there as well. So the Twitter and the Instagram handles are the same. So anyway, Brad, um, quickly before we get started, we're going to be doing, uh, we were going to talk about the NFC South last week. But we just got derailed because the NFL offseason this year has been pretty cool. So we were yes. talking about that. Um, but uh, before we get into that, NCAA March Madness is uh, is upon us. Obviously, uh, Sportsbook dot com has the uh, has the the big tournament. They have a lot of coverage and everything. And uh, I am following their celebrity bracket challenge quite closely uh they have a snoop and they have ocho cinco i'm not going to tell you where i put my vote but if you're there the uh their little promo is is running through april uh april 8th i think you know through the tournament so if you just follow one of them and and cast your vote you could win 100 bucks it's easy cash brad i know you're already on top of it free cash man that's what we're all about right buddy no
1: kidding no kidding
0: hey man so did you see i know you were traveling this weekend did you get a chance to watch that duke and ucf game
1: I did not get a chance because I was in the car, but we listened to it. Uh, (laughs) Oh man, we
0: listened to the entire thing, and it was just as painful on the radio. Yeah, I'm telling you. So, like, I, um, Sam on on functional sports of hawk, and we'll we'll dig into the game there. Believe me. Uh, But we were talking about the the matchup going into it, and we 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 knew Duke would win, or we thought they would win. But you know, as I was watching the game unfold, I think the thing that I I didn't properly calibrate. Um, was the, the, the Dawkins factor. I mean, Dawkins knows how Shashevsky uh, thinks, right? right? I mean, like, he understands the system. And not adding to that, like, UCF and their conference, you know, they have Houston, they have Cincinnati. Um, you know, that conference is a little underrated, maybe just like uh, NCAA football, frankly. Um, but they have, you know, I'm not saying they have, like, world-class talent or anything like that, but they're talented enough to give a team a scare, and so you had like the perfect um, the perfect circle of just, you know, you have a, a little bit of an underrated team with a chip on their shoulder. You have a pretty good head coach that also understands um, intimately the system of the other coach. And then you have Duke who's, you know, kind of looking forward to, to, you know, the Sweet 16 and all that stuff. This was like the perfect storm for, for a possible upset. Total trap game for Duke. And, uh, you know, I don't know what the line was going to the game. I didn't check Bovada beforehand, but, um, you know, had I had I been thinking or paying a lot of attention. I had some stuff going on in my personal life this past week. So. Well, it,
1: it was 13. Oh, and, gosh, uh, yeah. I was at I was at lunch with the wolf and we were talking about the game and I looked at him and I said, I think they have a real chance of upsetting them. Mm-hmm. You know, and we didn't even consider the line at the time. But then on the way home, we looked it up and we went, why didn't we bet that? Yeah, I know. Because we both thought, for some odd reason, they were going to take them take them down to the to the wire, and they did
0: yeah, and, you know uh, it, for me it's e and, and i everything you're saying I agree with for me it's kind of easy to to say that you know the line thirteen, yeah, why didn't I bet that? I can tell you like in practice, if I'm sitting in front of the computer, you know if I'm on bavada and i'm I'm just about to hit that submit or that bet button, you know. It, it it's really hard for me to hit that when I'm thinking. Well, yes, can, can Taco Falk really shut down um, um, Zion? Right? <laughs> you know, can he do it?
1: Yeah, and it's always easier, obviously, to to say you should a bet, but to actually place the bet is a whole different ballgame, as we all know.
0: As we all know, but yeah, I mean, I think again, you know, I didn't take the Dawkins factor into account. I thought that whenever you have a seven foot six center. That can actually move side to side, right? We've seen the seven foot six guy that like is skinny and has wobbly knees and can't really shuffle down. Like this guy Taco, we talked about it on Functional Sportsaholic again. I think last week or the week before. You know, he's athletic enough. He's not going to be, you know, a, a, a really like an NBA starter or something like that. But I, I think he'll end up finding a roster because, yeah, look, man, God creates only so many seven foot six people with enough agility to pass to be passable, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. He's going to get a shot, and especially at the NCAA level, like, he just, like, nobody can go into the paint on the guy. Right. The only thing is if he didn't take so many stupid fouls, like, if he didn't, he took a couple really bad fouls in the first half. And if he didn't do that, like, you know, UCF probably would have pulled that out because he could have been more aggressive on the defensive side. Right. He was in
1: foul trouble all day.
0: All day. All day. And that's what you have to do against him. And, you know, he, he needs to be smarter about that. But then the other thing is that layup. I know you weren't listening, or I'm sorry, you were listening and didn't see it. That layup, not the layup, but the tip in um, at the end of the game, man, that thing yes. toilet bowled out. I,
1: I saw the, the tip in after the fact. But the possession before, they're up four points with 30 seconds left. You could do a number of things there. You could, mm-hmm. do a, you could let them score. Just let them go and score. And now you're playing the foul free throw game, right? Right. But what you don't do is give up a bucket and a foul. No. Either foul and put him on his ass and don't let him score or just give up a bucket. Yes. So then they compound it by not being able to rebound. And they give up another two points. They're up three and they give up four points. Oh my god! It's like the one. It's the one scenario.
0: I know. I was texting my brother in law and I said that's a very Orlando team like thing to do is snatching no uh, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. You but know,
1: it's not an Orlando thing. It's every single team I root for. That's the type <laughs> of shit they do. Doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. That the. Uh, now the, I know not to rub salt in the wound, but that uh, onside kick with your fourth string tight end against the Seattle sea mm-hmm. championship exactly. game.
1: But, but it's like if, if UCF would have came out and played well, but you know they're just not good enough, and they lost by eight points. You know, like that's like you could totally stomach that, mm-hmm. right? But yep. the way that it went down is just—I'm <laughs> still not over it. <laughs>
0: And for everybody listening, Brad and I actually were, were UCF alum. We we went there. Um, so That's we the only t- reason
1: why we give a shit. Yeah, yes. right.
0: Yeah. Um, but and I will say again, as as an alum, the the one thing I, I said this I think in a group text or something that I, with some other buddies uh, that were watching the game. I said, you know, the thing is, like, look, you know, UCF, even if they won this game. They were not going to win the NCAA tournament. The big thing here is that they got national notoriety, and they're going to grow their program. And we saw that their coach is a pretty damn good coach. You know, I know they're going to lose some guys. Uh, you know, they're a lot of their you know team is is going to be moving on. Their seven foot six center is a senior this year. I'm not sure, but I think Dawkins is also going to be gone. But it's going to be good for recruiting, and you know that's that's what they had to be more more concerned about anyway. But anyway. Let's talk a little bit about the AFC South. And um, and again, you know, as, as Brad, we, we were going through the Bavada numbers before the season. We did our uh, preview and everything. We were talking about um, this division. Now, you liked New Orleans, and I liked Atlanta and New Orleans uh, because I liked the town of Atlanta. We, we kind of went back and forth. I think you proved to be more right than, uh, than I was in this division, so kudos to you. But let's just kind of run through things. We've been going typically at uh, alphabetical. Atlanta to me you know they've they had a couple issues they were seven and nine last year um, one of the probably the underreported or at this point underrated concerns is that Atlanta lost two key players on their defense like within the first two games of the season and they never rebounded um, Adding to that, Sarkeesian, I didn't like him coming out of 2017. As people of my, as readers of my uh, fantasy football almanac and draft guide know, um, I didn't like the system. I didn't think it was going to work. I thought they were kind of crazy to bring him back for a second year. It didn't work. They got rid of him. So they're going to go back to Dirk Cutter, uh, who was recently let go from Tampa, who we'll be talking about in a bit, um, just to see if we, he can put a little bit of a charge back at Matt Ryan. But Brad, I mean, high level, what did you think about Atlanta last year?
1: Uh, you know, I thought they were kind of an odd team. I don't really remember them, you know, hearing much about them. Obviously, they underperformed, no? I mean, yeah. they didn't really get anything going. Well, I mean, what did they end up with? Eight and eight? Is that seven what they, seven they and left nine.
0: It? it was seven and nine. Seven
1: and nine, yeah. So, I mean, that, that actually doesn't surprise me. I actually thought they would take a step back. But, um, you know, I, I think maybe they were a victim of, Two things. One, Tampa was was quite the story, especially the first half of the year, you know, maybe even the first five, six, seven weeks. They were they were an interesting story with the quarterback controversy and all that going on. Mm -hmm. And then New Orleans, New Orleans was an unstoppable machine, you know, the likes of which we don't normally see. So I don't I mean, they might as well have been in the AFC South as far as I was concerned, because I never really heard anything about them. And then they were kind of terrible. I mean, they went into Green Bay and got shellacked, and Green Bay was awful, you know, <laughs> around that time. Right. You know.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at their win loss right now. So they uh, they started the year. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, four. They started the year four and four, uh, and then they went on a five game losing streak. So let me tell you, out of their uh, seven wins, here's who they beat. They beat that the inconsistent Carolina team. They beat Tampa Bay um, when Winston was back at quarterback. They beat the Giants when the Giants were bad. Uh, they beat the Redskins when the Redskins—actually, probably at the at the height. Um, at the When the Redskins were the best, they actually beat the Redskins, I think, there. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be mistaken. Maybe Alex Smith was already gone at that point, but I thought he was around. Um, then they went on a five-game losing streak, and they won three um, meaningless games at the end of the year. Arizona, Carolina again, and then uh, Tampa Bay in the last week of the season. So really, this team was— you know, three late wins away from basically probably firing their coach and GM and starting fresh. But they won those last three games, so Dan Quinn gets to keep his job. Um, I'm looking down now. Uh, let me scroll scroll to the old uh, quarterback statistics here, and I'm seeing Matt Ryan. Um, you know, look at his percentage. It, it, these are very Kirk Cousins. We were talking about Cousins a couple weeks ago with the division. It's very Kirk Cousins-like numbers. He had 69.4% completion. I think Cousins was 70 um, Ryan had forty nine hundred yards. Cousins was more around that. I thought maybe forty two ish. Um, Ryan had thirty five touchdowns and seven interceptions—a five to one TD to interception rate. And I gotta say, nothing about that Atlanta team or the quarterback play stood out to me last year. Right. You know. Um. I, and I always thought, you know, it, when when you and I have had our our fabled um. <laughs> Uh, Kirk Cousins, how good is he battles over the year? I always said Kirk Cousins to me was like Matt Ryan, like uh, Andy Dalton, like Matt Stafford, which you thought he was a step below that, and I kind of always felt like he was there, which is I put that that quarterback class into a, if you have him, you can't really get rid of him because he can't really do better on the open market or the draft right, right away. Right, But he, they're not somebody I want to be paying 25, 30 mil a year to certainly either. right. So I don't know. I mean, the one I guess you know the, the counter argument to that is when Matt uh, Matt Ryan had a good defense behind him, and when he had Shanahan, he did take the team to a Super Bowl and a twenty eight to three lead in that Super Bowl, right? Right. So I don't know if I'm looking at their stats. And then another issue that they had is um, uh, the starting running back. I'll find him in a second in the stat page. I can't. Think, uh, Freeman, Devonta Freeman. He like only played like two games this year. Um, I think that hurt. But at the same time, I always felt like watching this team, um, you know, especially during that Super Bowl year, but in, in recent history, I always felt like Tevin Coleman was the better of the running backs anyway. Right. Um, like a, as a pure running back, I think he's a little bit better as a pass blocker. I think he's a little bit better as um, as a pure runner, maybe not as a receiver, but definitely as a runner. And so I thought that when Freeman went down, especially from a fantasy point of view, like uh, Coleman was just gonna step in there and light the world on fire, but I mean, I guess he had a 4.8 yards per attempt, um, which is nice, but he only had 167 carries and 800 yards in f- in 16 games, but 14 starts. That's not that's not great to me. That's a, to me that's an offensive system problem, though. If you have a running back who's getting 4.8 yards a clip and he's only getting you know in, in 16 he's only getting 10 carries a game, that's a problem, man.
1: Right, right. Yeah. You know, I, it just wasn't clicking, and it's, it's like, almost predictable. You know, they come off that – I mean, they hadn't been the same since they gave up that, what, 20 – what was it, 28-3? to 3? Yeah. I mean, they really hadn't been the same since then. I know that was two seasons ago already, but, I mean, it's it's hard to, to, to be really good like that unless you're New England. I mean, these ebbs and flows happen to every team, you know, and Matt Ryan's a good quarterback, but he's not – you know, maybe he's top ten, maybe he's top fifteen, but he's not the top four. So,
0: yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm looking, and then of course the the receiving. You know, it was weird. Julio Jones. We talked about this a lot week to week in the within the uh, within the season. Is Julio Jones is like never getting in the end zone. And it got to the point where I was actually for I went on a stretch for like I swear like seven or eight weeks, Brad. You probably remember this too, where I was predicting whether or not Julio Jones was going to get into the end zone that week, right. and I was nailing it every right. week. And um, I don't know, I mean, it felt like they were finally getting getting it together by the end of the time, but, you know, part of those predictions for me, is they're based on um, matchup probability, too. Like, I run actual, like, computer analytics outside of me watching the games and you watching the games, you know, and I think the the, the eye test is super important for all this stuff, but I also run analytics, and I try to merge those two together. That's the whole basis of, you know, the fantasy football guide that we put together, too, which is why it's a little different, but um, with respect to Julio Jones, like... I don't. I, I I know he got a lot of touchdowns at the end of the year, but the matchups were very favorable. And to me, Julio Jones is one of those guys that you just feed on the goal line regardless of whether in the matchup's favorable. So like, I knew he was going to get in the end zone, but really I think that was more... Um, Brad, I think you used the word predictable, and I have to agree with that because they were one of the more predictable teams as to who was going to score, and that goes back to play calling. Like, You shouldn't be able to run analytics and know that you know, Sarkeesian's going to call this play then, because if I know it, believe me, the the defensive coordinators are going to know it for the for the team. Sure. So I don't know. I I, I do think that with the hiring of Cutter, and we'll do the uh, the 2019 previews in a couple months here. I do think the hiring of Cutter is a good move, and Dan Quinn is basically taking complete control of the defense there. Um, and look, you know, there was a time. There was a time where Dan Quinn was in three out of four Super Bowls, two with Seattle, and then like a year, his second year with Atlanta or something like that. So he, he I mean, he, I think he's a good coach. And one of the things I always harp on defensive coaches they, is they never hire like aggressive offensive coordinators. But Dan Quinn does not that mold. Like I like Dan Quinn. Me too. Um, I think he's going to be a very successful head coach wherever he goes next. And I think he's been successful with, with Atlanta. But, you know, if. I I say to Atlanta fans, it's a bummer that um that uh, Kyle Shanahan got hired the year that he got hired because if they could have kept that unit, that coaching staff together, um, for another two to three years, you know, Atlanta could have been back in the Super Bowl. Because I think I think Shanahan is a good play caller at that level, but um you know, unfortunately they hired him with Sarkeesian and if you don't make a good call running your offense, um, you know, that could definitely put your team back. It's too competitive. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then, you know, in terms of I I have started working too on the uh, on the 2019 almanac, as I had mentioned before, I have started running the defensive kind of performances from last year. Atlanta was just abysmal on defense last year. I mean, there was just nothing they could do. They were a sieve. And I think a lot of that has to do with injuries. But Dan Quinn taking that unit over. This is a this is a put up or shut up year for Quinn. Um, That whole coaching staff. Yeah. Yahoo is getting in on everybody's favorite game of skill. Daily Fantasy is going to be big this year with plenty of time to get in on the NBA action. Baseball is right around the corner and golf is in full swing. Get everybody swing. It's the perfect time to start playing Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Never played Daily Fantasy before? Uh, I Certainly, Brad and I have been on it, so we can be your guide uh, as we talk about week to week here. But Yahoo, as you covered, unlike those other Daily Fantasy sites... That let users enter 150 different lineups in their biggest contest, which, by the way, that really sucks because when these experts add those 150 different lineups, that hurts your chances to win. Yahoo has a 10-entry max, which is awesome. That's why I love it. That means better chances for you to win the big contests. You can also try their daily no-management-fee contests. Management-fee refers to the amount of money the sites take to run the contest. As a result of contests uh, with no-management-fee, have fewer entries with the same amount of prizes, so that's always a good thing as well. Sign up today on at uh, yahoo.com slash daily fantasy, once again, that's yahoo.com slash daily fantasy, or by downloading the Yahoo Fantasy app, that's my preferred way to do it, get $25 in free play, this is important everybody, I'm going to give you promo code here, uh, get $25 in free play when you make your first deposit using promo code POD25, that's P-O-D-25, the numbers 2 and 5. No waiting uh, on the bonus. You can also use it immediately to enter contests. The minimum deposit is only 5 bucks, And the promo code, once again, everybody, is POD25. Are you down with the March Madness fever? Then check out The Big Podcast with Shaq on Podcast One Sportsnet. Listen to the big guy himself for the best basketball coverage of the NCAA tournament with a few laughs thrown in as well. Get the inside scoop and download the newest episodes of The Big Podcast with Shaq every Monday on Podcast One. Let's swing it over to um, the the enigma for me and you, Brad, of the NFL, Carolina. Like who mm. the hell who the hell knows what this team's going week to do? Week. Yeah, it's impossible to project. Yeah, uh,
1: I don't know. I I feel like they. Is it just me or they have still not figured out how to harness Cam Newton and use him properly over the course of sixteen games? I feel like they strike gold every few games and and get brilliance, but beyond that, it's like. He's shut down. He's he's pissy. He he's underperforming. You know, it's like at this he point he's no
0: celibate. One... Have you seen that story? He's uh, he's given up sex for a month or something to make himself mentally tougher.
1: What an asshole! <laughs> Go after yourself, dude. That's such BS. Get out of here with that bullshit. You come out and just say he's giving it up. Oh my God, there's three point five billion of us that would kill to be able to say something like that. What a dick. I hate that. Yeah, <laughs> what a boy! He's so full of himself. He's a crap, isn't he? If Cam, I, I, New, if Cam was a chocolate bar, he'd eat himself.
0: <laughs> Seriously, what a dick! <laughs> oh, you're killing me. You're killing me. I can't disagree with anything you said, man.
1: Come on.
0: Oh man. Yeah, you're right. And, yeah, and you well, know, in terms of enough. like trying to natural segue here, getting back to the football. Um <laughs> you <So>. know <laughs> that fifteen and one season he put up, I think they were fifteen and one, their Super Bowl year. And yeah. uh, he yeah. it was unstoppable. He was unstoppable yeah
1: that was that was a good year for them that was a good year for him I don't understand yeah
0: like then just boom he falls off he falls off a cliff um yeah he really did right and then you know then Carolina you know they get rid of Kelvin Benjamin which like why the hell would you do that I know that that's not you know this year news and all that um or maybe it was maybe it was just before the season or something or maybe they maybe they traded him in the middle gosh it's been so long I think they may have yeah they may have let me uh, let me look at the old stats here. Uh, maybe it was last year. I don't know. They, all the years are merging together with me, Brian. Yeah, um yeah, yeah. But you know, then Funches Funches is out of there. He's somewhere new um, this year too. So like, he's coming into the season uh, with like a uh, last year's rookie, DJ Moore, uh, Curtis Samuel, who I think will be a nice uh, sleeper candidate for 2019. But stay tuned for all that stuff. And basically, Christian McCaffrey as a receiver slash running back. Um, uh, yeah, I just—it's uh, going to be interesting. But we'll save—we'll uh, save that commentary for 2019 uh, in the future. But you know, back to Cam Newton. So when the when the Panthers hired Norv Turner. Uh, you know they they were pushing him more towards easier to complete passes and by the way Carolina was seven and nine I don't remember if I mentioned it at the top oh, okay um, which I believe was right on or right around the Bavada um, over under for them uh, to begin the season um, but you know you and I both before the season we said we're not we're not we're not taking them we have no idea they could be 16 and oh they can be 0 and 16 I I, right. I have no idea where they're gonna end up. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, so this team goes, you know, Cam Newton is, is where this team goes. And I see him. He's at 67.9% completion percentage. I got to think that's at the top of his career. So, North yeah. Turner is kind of doing his thing there. Uh, only 3,400 yards passing. Of course, his uh, rushing yards were about 488. So, you're looking at like 3,800-ish, 3,900-ish total yards for him. Uh, 24 touchdowns, 13 picks, though. That's the problem. Is His touchdown interception is not even at 2-1. to one. Not
1: so good, yeah. Not yeah, so good.
0: Not so good. He Only f- uh, six fumbles. So I shouldn't say only. Uh, so he had six fumbles, four rushing touchdowns, though. So his total touchdowns is 28. Um, You know, frustrating quarterback. I think it's got to be frustrating if you're a fan because he's so damn talented. Like, what are you going to do? Again, like, you're going to try to, like, trade him and go draft Kyler Murray or one of these yeah, other Yeah, you know, I hear you.
1: You're not going to do better, at least not right away, probably.
0: Yeah, I just – and especially him, he's such a unique quarterback because he's like the one quarterback that I don't worry about running because he's never going to get hurt. He's going to hurt other people. He doesn't get hurt sure. like that sure. way. Sure, Well, um, I
1: mean he doesn't get hurt until he does. Yeah, right. I mean I don't think anyone's exempt. Yeah, he's right. going to be – his
0: league age this year is going to be 30. I know for me my body started shutting down um, and getting stupid nagging injuries when I was about 28 ish um, mm, right now I am not an elite athlete I know this will be, this will shock people um, to hear this but you know I am not cam Newton I do not have his uh, physical features but you got to think though in seriousness maybe two two or three years down the road he's gonna start like you know spraining ankles um, bad enough to re- I mean everyone I, does you know I, I, it happens I, I think he will sure yeah 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 um Christian McCaffrey before the season anybody who picked up my almanac and, and signs up for the free updates they'll know that I was high on McCaffrey so I released the book and then you know as I was watching and scouting the uh, the offseason watching all the games all the tape all that stuff I was like holy crap you need to draft Christian McCaffrey and and that ended up being absolutely true we got 13 total touchdowns that's seven rushing six receiving uh, 219 carries 1098 yards for five yards per attempt 5 yards per carry on 200 on 200 or more carries is insane. Yeah. Um then he got 124 targets Brad on 124 targets 107 receptions for 86.3 catch rate. I mean, dude was a monster. 867 Ooh. yards, almost 2000 combined yards. I mean, this is probably as close to a Marshall Faulk situation as we've seen mm-hmm. um in the NFL. I mean, we've seen some good pass catching like Le'Veon Bell. Um, we've seen some good like combination stats like that but this guy is unique and part of why he's unique i think is norv turner because he leans on him and there's no backup running back really to speak of i mean the other one is like Curt- cameron artist Payne. they did have cj anderson um but ended up cutting him you know which was probably not the right move in retrospect sure. yeah man but the, the the receiving game is just so odd um I don't know, man. You have Cam Newton back there. He's completing sixty-seven percent of his passes. But let me look at this. So, one hundred and seven receptions went to McCaffrey. Let me look at his total completions: three hundred and twenty total completions. So, a third of them were to Christian McCaffrey, basically. Mm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think they figured out how to how to pass with Cam Newton. They just haven't. You know, I don't I don't know if they have the right receiving core for him or the right coaching staff to get it going. It, it just doesn't work as well as it should.
0: Yeah, and I'm looking even it, like the highest um, receiving total in terms of receptions outside of uh, McCaffrey was DJ Moore with 55 receptions. DJ Moore, who's likely to be the number one receiver uh, next year. And I got to be honest with you, I don't, I don't like him from a fantasy point of view because I just yeah. I don't know what this offense is yet. The one thing, I guess, the two things you can count on is Newton will get some, you know, get about 30 touchdowns combined rushing and uh, and passing. Um he'll throw some picks though and uh and Christian McCaffrey it's gonna be all over. I think Christian McCaffrey will go for over two thousand yards this season combined. Mm-hmm. That's my thought. All right. Let's move it over to the Saints. Um so you and I, I think both had the Saints up there. I mean certainly as as a wild card, if not a division winner. I can't remember if I picked the Saints or the Falcons. I think I picked the Saints and I know you did. Is that right, buddy?
1: Uh you know what, I don't remember either.
0: Um well who would I you mean, have picked would Tampa? Not,
1: well, no, I would not have <laughs> taken Tampa. So that must have been it. Yeah.
0: Thirteen and three. Um, juggernaut all season. They lost the first game of the year to those Tampa Bay Buccaneers, forty eight to forty with the Fitz Magic game. Uh then they went right. on a run. They won ten in a row after that. Lost to the Cowboys in that um what was it, a Monday or a Sunday night? No, it was a third wait, was it? let me look uh, I think that was a Thursday yep Thursday games yeah. oh yeah. that was, that was I remember that because on the podcast when we were doing winners I, we, we both picked New Orleans and I said I never pick Thursday games because weird stuff always happens but yeah I'm take that New was Orleans. the first
1: time they looked mortal
0: yep um and that was a very low scoring game. Um uh, but you know what I took away from that and I think what carried over and it certainly has shown up in my research um with the uh you know the performance of the defense. You could not run on this defense. They were like I right. think they might have been the number 2 rushing defense. They were certainly top 5 somewhere in there. Um passing defense not as great, but you have to remember that they were up by so much that teams had to throw sure. a lot.
1: Sure, sure.
0: So the the Saints what we do know is early in the games they were making teams one dimensional and um and that really helped them out, and they really, frankly, they should have been a Super Bowl team, as we uh, as we experienced in the playoffs. There. Yes,
1: yes, they very well should have been. I agree.
0: Yeah, so uh, you know, bummer, uh, bummer for them, um, but uh, this is a team that is just filled with stars. I am going to read you Drew Brees' numbers, though. I think they're going to surprise you, Brad. Okay, this won't surprise you because we talked about seventy four point four percent completion percentage, mm, which is you mm, know these are like well. these are like Madden Make Your Own Team All Star Team. Members. Yeah, right. So That's four. impressive. Jeez. but on that uh, on that on that clip he didn't get 4000 yards he only got 3900 3992 so just under 4000
1: yeah. okay but i almost like that man it's like has anyone ever thrown for 4500 yards and their team has been dominant
0: you know maybe, what i mean it's yeah like, maybe brady maybe
1: maybe right maybe but it's like stafford does that every year and his team's always 7 and 9 so you know t- t- you can have too much of a good thing i think
0: yeah, and I'm looking at, so he uh, attempts, right? He had 489 attempts passing, and I'm looking at the attempts rushing. Uh, between Ingram and Kamara, they were at roughly about 330. So, that I mean, it was a really nice breakdown um, in terms of, you know, percentage of running pass with your top, uh, top running backs. Uh, you don't want your quarterback to have
1: to throw 50 times a game. It's, it's a good true. sign.
0: Very true. He had 32 touchdowns, five interceptions, um, and uh, – Geez, he had four rushing touchdowns.
1: Say again.
0: He had five interceptions, 32 touchdowns, so over a 6-1. Uh, to one. Uh, And then wow. he had four that's rushing touchdowns. <laughs> that's wow, that's, that's surprising. That is surprising. I mean, he's really good on those goal line sneaks, though. And not only yeah. that, but keep in mind, because I've been, I've been nailing them all year, they, um, they brought in the dude uh, uh, Taysom Hill. Um, like on goal lines all the time to run that stupid read option or whatever they oh, were right, right. Um, so he
1: could add more
0: He could have had a lot more a lot more touchdowns. i mean, this probably could have been a 40 touchdown year if they didn't do some of that crap but sure. uh, yeah, but um one of the things that I noticed this year is that michael thomas, i think we thought he would be good. I certainly projected him to be good um, and I think I projected him in my top tier wide receivers, um, which means you know a definite first or second round pick. but dude, like this guy his his really he might be. It's easy to say, right? Because if he, you have Drew Brees throwing it to you with a seventy-four point four percent completion percentage. Right. You know, if you go to, um, if you go to Washington, you have Alex Smith or you know whoever's uh, Case Keenum this year throwing to. Maybe, maybe he's not going to do as well. But man, Michael Thomas is just like let's see, one hundred and forty-seven targets. Of those targets, one hundred and twenty-five catches mm. for eighty-five percent catch rate. That's uh, that's otherworldly. You don't see yeah, those that's numbers. Amazing. Because that's right. down the field stuff, 1,405 yards, only nine touchdowns. And I say only nine, that's still a really nice number. But with as, as often as he had been using the offense, he kind of would have thought he would have had more than that. But I guess, you know, when you're looking at, uh, let me look at Kamara. Kamara had, uh, what, four receiving touchdowns and 14 rushing touchdowns. <laughs> when Kamara is combining for 18 touchdowns, there's not too much to go around, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Kamara, Kamara's a beast. Um, Ingram's going to be gone. Ingram's going to be making up. I ah, mean, that Baltimore, I know we already talked about them, Brad, but Baltimore, they have Ingram, they have that guy, Gus Edwards, who broke out at the end of the year. They have Greg Roman, the old San Francisco during Kaepernick's days. Um, they're building like basically the old San Francisco 49ers offense. Mm-hmm. That's going to be really interesting. I can't wait yeah, to do their yeah. preview. Yeah, so I don't know, man. I they, they were a good team. I would say the big weakness for, for the Saints was the tight end. Um, they could never really seem to get anything going there.
1: Yeah, maybe the loss of Jimmy Graham hurt them. You know. Yeah, it's but like he's they never, been gone there for a while, but they never really got it
0: back. They never did. They never did. And they have had some talented guys. Like even Ben Watson in his first run there was good, but he couldn't recreate the magic in the second run. I don't know if I'm if I'm New Orleans because you know one of the things New Orleans has uh, done in recent years is they've they've done the dreaded uh, I'm going to trade you you know this pick this year for um, a better pick next year. So what I mean by that is like for a second round pick in the 2018 draft to draft their defensive lineman. Um, they ended up giving a first round pick in this year's draft. So they don't mm-hmm. have a first rounder. And they did the same thing with Kamara where they traded, I think like um, last year's second round pick for, um, for a third round pick the year before. So like they're doing these unequal trades, which I never liked doing, but then again they did, they did get Kamara. So I guess it was worth it. Right. Right. You know, and um, you know, the pass rusher, I can't remember the guy's name. I know he was a, he was kind of like a freak of nature, small school kind of guy. Um, name will come to me in a little bit, but I know that, uh, you know, he was one of those guys that was supposed to, uh, Marcus Davenport. He was one of those guys that was like a physical freak and, uh, he slipped and slipped and slipped in the draft. And so they, they got aggressive. So, you know, I guess I can't argue with it considering how good they are, but they are going to be a little bit, um, weakened in the draft capital this year. And I think they should focus on, um, depending on, I haven't done the free agency who they've lost in that analysis yet, but I guess if they're going to pick something, they should pick maybe another running back to complement with Kamara or they should, uh, they should get that tight end, but there you go. Let's move it on to the bucks, big guy. Oh yeah. All right. Now I know we talked about last week, like we were, we were, you and I, we, we predicted dumpster fire for this team and we predicted Mm -hmm. Dirk cutter um, would be fired. And I thought he would be among the first coaches fired, but I think he did actually last throughout the entire season. Um, five and eleven, but they started two and zero. Um, so they finished basically three and eleven. I thought they were. Yeah, I think I predicted somewhere in that three and eleven to. uh, uh, I'm sorry, three and thirteen to five and eleven. If I had to guess, I probably would have predicted them at three and thirteen for the year. So I was probably a little on the underside. But either way, with the Bavada stuff, I'm sure I was on the under, and we would have been right on that. Um, but yeah, man, what do you think about this team?
1: um well th- i like their coach you know uh arians i think he's going to be good for them i think he's a solid guy i think he's a uh uh, uh an adult that commands respect and orderliness from his players which i think could be good for uh famous that, Jameis. <clears throat> that jackass they got yeah Jameis. <laughs> i think that will be good for him um i don't know man i think i think it, it, now's the year if he's going to come out and he's going to play well Jameis. i mean I think this is the time. If he's ever going to be dominant, we got to see it this year. Gosh,
0: he is. He is to me basically what like Marcus Mariota is to you. Um, I just don't see it. I've never seen yeah. it.
1: Well, I don't see it either. Yeah. But but a, a lot of people do. I, I guess he can show signs of brilliance, but. What does that
0: mean? So does Kirk Cousins. So do a so, lot of guys. So did Charlie Batch. I mean, like, I yeah, don't care I about that. I you know. know, and I'm with you, man. I know you were on the same side of this argument, but I don't. I just don't understand how many second chances and they can give this guy. Um,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you pay him enough, and who who else are you gonna you gonna play with? I mean. Uh, He's not my kind of guy either. I think he's slow. I think his release is slow. He he looks like he's covered in mud out there. Yeah. Am I the only one that sees that?
0: Yeah, I mean, he looks like, and it's funny because he's his offensive coordinator now. He looks like Byron Leftwich looked when he was a quarterback. It's just like... like a sloth. like a
1: sloth. Everything is in slow motion. And I don't... That's not the kind of guy I like, you know? It's like compared to Drew Brees where he looks like a little peppy thing and everything is super quick, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's just, he's he's not my guy. And the guy rid of Deshaun Jackson... Mm -hmm. um, You know, maybe he's. I like Deshaun Jackson. I think he balls out everywhere he goes, um, and he's constantly taking guys over the top. Only, you know, even though he's smaller than everybody, he still makes plays. Um, But they have. uh, They have. A good receiver there, Mike Evans, he's good. Mm-hmm. And I think that Deshaun was a good compliment for him. You know, Evans is, is a bigger guy, right? He kind of creates matchup problems by way of physicality. But I think it, the other guy on the other side, Jackson, flying around is good for them. So I, I don't think they're going to be as good at wide receiver.
0: Yeah, not only that, but, you know, I, and I do think, you know, in terms of, we'll, we'll talk more about this in uh, in the preview, but I think Chris Godwin is, is – I think he's going to be good. Now, he—I agree with you. I don't think he's the compliment that Deshaun Jackson is. But oddly enough, they, like towards the end of the season, they just stopped using Deshaun mm-hmm. Jackson. It was like he right.
1: disappeared.
0: Well,
1: uh, you know, it, 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 not to, to say anything about Deshaun Jackson's character, but he's the kind of guy when things aren't going well, he's kind of out. You know, he's, yeah. he's he shows less interest, I'm assuming, and plays a little less hard because what's the point? He's kind of one of those guys. He's know. kind of
0: like he's kind of like a like a Brad if Brad was in the NFL, right? Exactly. I see no point <laughs> to anything. Why am I Trust here? Trust me. Why am I here? Um. <laughs> yeah, James, Let me go back up to his stats. So, uh, look, you know, I've I said this last year. I think last year for me was was Winston's put up or shut up year. Um, I actually have said that in multiple years now. I I know our, our buddy, our Tampa fan, um, you know, the Wolf of Tarpon Springs, who you shared a concert in a weekend with this weekend. Um, you know, I know he's he's all over Jameis Winston. You and I have always been on the other side of it. Um, so, but let me read. So he's sixty four point six percent passing, which is a you know a good percentage. Um, Twenty nine hundred yards in eleven games, so that's a pretty good yardage. Nineteen touchdowns, okay, and eleven games again. You know, that's okay, good, not great especially for a dirt-cutter system that is pretty much predicated on a passing and getting touchdowns. That's actually, right. that's actually I would say, below average for a cutter system. But then he had 14 picks to go with those 19. 14 picks in 11 games. Oof. That's like, nice a, I, I don't know the exact number, but off the top of my head, that's something like a 22, if he played in all 16 games, it's like 20 to 22 interceptions.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's terrible
0: that's like those that's like Brett Favre numbers without the touchdowns
1: yeah without the the. yeah without the good qualities and the magic yeah yeah anyway yeah, I don't know if it's going to be too great for them but I do think Arians will be good yes. for them it's, it's the type I, of thing that maybe they're a couple years away from being buttoned up and and solid
0: I, I think that you know this organization is still all in on uh, on Winston, and I think you know to the Redskins, I think they took a little bit too long, but to their credit, when they were doing the RG three and Kirk Cousins thing, they they made the switch and it was the right thing to do. Um, you know Tampa looks to be just I think their jam's going down with the ship here. Personally, okay. I think I think Winston's going to have a. Uh, it, let me say this. Let me just get away from the ne- negativity. We'll save that for the uh, for the twenty nineteen preview. But I'll say this. Um, if anybody can get Winston going with Winston's style of play, his down the field passing, his interceptions that come along with the down the field passing, kind of his slowness, stand in the pocket, release—it's Arians. That is a perfect. Correct. That is a Correct. perfect coaching pick for Winston to get as much out of Winston as uh, as he can. If Winston doesn't have thirty touchdowns this year, get rid of him. You know, yeah. I can deal with the interceptions. Yeah. If it's thirty touchdowns and you know seventeen interceptions. Okay, but if he doesn't get 30 touchdowns this year, boom, gone. That's what I think. Gone. Gone. Yeah. Maybe even 35, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah.
1: In, in this day and age, in this league, you should be putting those numbers up if you're a top-tier
0: quarterback. Yep. Todd Bowles is going to be the defensive coordinator, too, there. I, I'm really looking forward to, to the preview because I need to put a little bit more research into the team. Um, you know, it, we talked about the, the receivers a little bit. Um, the running backs, they actually finally used the running back a little bit more. Peyton Barber, I think, did pretty well. 234 attempts. Um You know, well, I should say he got more attempts. I don't think he did particularly well because he only got 3.7 yards per attempt. uh, That's not going to win you a lot. Um, And uh, 29 targets. So they didn't even feature him out of the backfield. But, you know, Tampa did that thing where basically, and I hate doing this, they did the personnel thing where they kind of threw to different receiver, or um, different running backs um, than they had running. But to me, all that does is give predictability to opposing defenses, right? Uh If you do a package switch and all of a sudden, like, Wes West Rogers comes in and Barber goes out. Well, you know that it's most likely a pass because Rogers only had um, 33 rushes and he had something like, what was it, 45 targets. So when he's in the game, he's more likely to catch a pass than he is to run a ball, whereas Barber gets 234 attempts but only 29 targets, right? So you're just talking about predictability there. In the NFL, it's too competitive. Defensive coordinators are well-adjusted. The coaches are smart. Um, The players are smart. You, you can't do that, you can't do that kind of personnel grouping where you know what the play is going to be, so I me mean, no likey, but you know, that's going to be Atlanta's problem with the play calling next year mhm, yep anyway, I think that's about it for me, man, do you have any other notes or anything, like, I guess, even if it's not outside the, uh, or even if it is outside the NFC South that you want to talk about, big, big guy
1: Cam Newton can go to hell
0: Cam Newton, yeah, <laughs> just to sum it up still pisses me off yeah, that's funny all right. Well, everybody, once again, uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm at TFS underscore Sean. TFS as in the Functional Sportsaholic. TFS underscore Sean. I'm also on Instagram there. Like our show. We like you, so like us, please. We need that. Uh, we need the validation. Brad certainly. We, Brad certainly needs that.
1: Absolutely true. Right. I'm dying.
0: It's <laughs> dying inside. All right, everybody, on that uh, cheery note, uh, go out, get paid.